0: It's the Euros Digest here on Football Digest. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for your time. England, I a Roman conquest to take a place in the history book And we're just one day out from the Wembley showdown. Coming up, we're going to preview the, of the talk of the tournament in Italy from their opening night play against Turkey. Their stellar semi-final with Spain. Here to do that, we have Leeds Live's Joe Donahue and the Newcastle Chronicles Matt Ketchel. And uh, Joe, I'll, I'll throw over to you first. I don't know about yourself, but it feels like sort of all of our Christmas Eve's wrapped in one and now we're just sort of getting towards the moment we've been waiting for for so long.
1: Yeah it's strange isn't it we were just saying before we started recording that you know is it going to happen in our lifetime and and obviously it, it has and it kind of feels a little bit surreal that it is happening that, that England are in a final um, and, I, and I don't know about you but for, for me it still hasn't really sunk in yet because I don't know I think it's I think it's one of those things that you'll kind of understand the gravity of once it's over and done with and sort of once it's it's been and all tied up but yeah it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game I think um probably the toughest game obviously because it's a final but the toughest game that either England or Italy have faced at this Euros so um yeah I think it could be a real real interesting contest
0: Yeah and Matt you were there at Wembley for the semi-final with Denmark and we were talking about it yesterday but Sort of going along with what Joe says there, it kind of feels almost un in in how we've done it. Certainly, that last two minutes in extra time, just the the complete control England had.
2: Oh, it was absolutely incredible. Probably one of the highlights of my my uh, time as watching football. or laying England's passes as they cruise into the final of a major tournament. Don't think that'll happen very often. And that was kind of the theme of the evening. Really, when England conceded, there was horror and panic among the supporters, but. That didn't transmit onto the pitch. the The players just dusted themselves down to to quote Steve Bruce and <laughs> and, uh, and and went about it and, and calmly went through the, the motions and, and and got themselves back into the game rather quickly. And that was quite un English. I thought it was um, it was comforting to see that there was there was no panic. They'd obviously discussed what to do if they went behind, and. The panic in among the fans was translated into screaming towards the players, and and they used that energy to channel themselves and and, and calmly get themselves back into the game, and then took control of the game from there onwards.
0: Yeah, I love how we have started the podcast quoting the the great orator Steve Bruce, a man who certainly knows how to to use his words well. But anyway, let's uh, let's crack on with today and and talk a bit about the Italians and uh, Joe. I know you take a very deep interest in all things European football, but. I have to say from the outside, I wasn't expecting this of Italy in this tournament. 33 games now unbeaten and they really have sort of taken everything that's been thrown at them in this tournament and and found an answer for it.
1: Yeah, I mean the 33 games. Obviously, that figure was was around sort of mid twenties at the beginning of the tournament, um, and that was I was helped by the fact that they didn't qualify for the World Cup in 2018, so didn't really have a uh, a competition like this where typically you would be beaten in one of those games where, where a run would typically end. Um, so. It's been yeah, it's been it's been one hell of a run. Uh, I think I mean the, the full credit must go to Roberto Mancini because he has he has I mean he has a a great great resource to, to pick from. Uh, you know the Italians are they've got some really really exciting young players uh, in this team and and that's that's shown. Um, they've got options where perhaps you know you you'd be like oh they're they're a bit hard done by to be missing out uh, on certain games certain players. Um, but yeah they've. It, I think a lot of people maybe went with Italy as their dark horses going into the tournament. I remember seeing quite a lot a few takes of of that nature. And I remember looking at that thinking, well, I I didn't know the figure, uh, but I, I knew I knew that there were quite quite a few games unbeaten. Uh, I knew they had the likes of Locatelli, Chiesa, um, you know, the Niccolò Barella, those types of players. And I did think, you know, with the group that they had, it wasn't as if they were in Group F with Germany, Portugal, France. You know, they had Turkey, Switzerland and Wales. And you thought, you know, if if they get a good draw, if they get, you know, you know if they make it through that group, which you'd expect them to do as winners, and then they get a good draw in the round of 16, there's nothing to say that they can't t- chart a really easy route to the semis. And I think they've done... They've done as well as probably you'd, you'd expect uh, in the games that they've played. Um, you know, beating the teams that you'd expect, beating the the caliber of teams that they've they've beaten um, in that sort of 33 game run prior to the tournament. So, I wouldn't say it's ordinarily a surprise, but I mean, any team who gets to to a major final, you know, it's very it's it's very sel- seldom do teams get to finals and not deserve it. Essentially, is what I'm trying to say. You know, they they have been worthy of of a final place and. I think um yeah Mancini deserves a lot of credit and, and so does this, the the Italy squad you know it's you know it's you've got those young players but then you've also got the the steely determination of the Giorgio Chiellini's the the Leonardo Bonucci's there's quite a lot of experience there as well so yeah it's um it's quite a well well packed squad
0: yeah, hands up! I have to say, I was one of those who had them down as dark horses because they they hadn't been at the World Cup, and I think back to when England last missed out on a major tournament and didn't go to Euro 2008. The following World Cup in 2010, we we all know sort of, of course, what happened there. So they have shown, I suppose, that great sort of resolve to bounce back. Obviously, different management from that that failed to get to to Russia and sort of so quickly gel together and be able to become such such a force.
2: Yeah, I, I really like them. Great counter-attacking team, experienced manager, just a joyous defense. It's it's uh, it just fantastic watching Bonucci and Chiellini together. You know, the t- to over two hundred caps. It's 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 incredible. I was just looking at uh, 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 some stats earlier. Chiellini actually played it in the first ever game at Wembley. If you remember that when it was a three-three draw, England under 21s v Italy under twenty-one. So it's probably a good a good space for him to be, in. he probably feels at home and uh, i i think they they probably have the better midfield defense and goalkeeper uh, which is which is a bit worrying but i don't see any 10 out of 10 players in their team i think kane and sterling could could fit into the 10 out of 10 bracket i don't really see that among italy italy's players but there's a huge spirit in that team which i think there is in the england team as well but there is a real spirit in the their anthem has become so popular, really, since the World Cup in two thousand and six. I think they reclaimed the anthem. Um, it wasn't a particularly popular anthem, even in Italy up up until that. But when they won the World Cup, it seemed to inspire them. And it's like I think it's like the hacker. It it really motivates the players. You can you, you can see it in their in their eyes. And when they finish that, they are ready for a game of football. And the the whole you know the whole mantra of the of the anthem is you know let us unite. We're ready to die. And it's just. Much better. They've already done us on Anthem. I think they do us on midfield and goalkeeper and defence. So and then we, we have him in attack. So it's it's gonna be a really great contest.
0: Yeah, it's all on Sterling and Kane then, if if we're taking that into sort of consideration. But I suppose Joe, you you, you were talking about it before, sort of the, the route they've taken to getting to the final. Now a lot's been made of England playing at Wembley. Of course we have had that one game. In Rome, Italy have had their group games in Rome and they've had two knockout games at Wembley themselves. But it does, to me, feel as though it's a similar-ish route. Okay, they've played Belgium and Spain, but the Spanish side, I don't think, sort of uh, as good as, as those of old, albeit they probably were the better on the night against the Italians who found their way through. They've had that game against Belgium, but the others, it's enabled them to sort of grow and develop as they've continued going on in this tournament, a bit like England.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're you're correct in that. I, I always hark back to the, the, the World Cup in uh was it 2014, uh which um was was won by by was Spain. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying Germany. to Germany my brain there. Germany. Mm-hmm. I'm trying yeah. to think which one was Spain it was the 2010, 2010 World Cup of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um they they lost to Switzerland in the first game at that tournament. Uh, and then obviously they went they started to gain a bit of momentum and whatnot, and and that's where they, they went on and, and obviously won it in the final against the Netherlands. Um that's I think that's quite similar to to Italy. You know, they started fast. Um, you know, they, they they built up that head of steam, and that kind of carried them through into those games. And and what what Ketch was saying there about the, the anthem, I, I do think that genuinely does add something. Even if it's just one percent, even if it's just you know those little marginal gains, I think that does add something to the. Um, to 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 the contest you know you, you, your blood's up then by that point if you're one of the italian players you know they've been playing in rome they've had 20,000 um you know t- you know screaming and shouting at them to to go and play as well i think it's it, it has had an impact um the yeah i think they, they've had a route there which obviously has been a, a little bit tougher than england's i think the 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 quarterfinal against ukraine for england wasn't to the same level that obviously the, the italy's was against belgium i think uh, while Denmark were, were very organised and, and probably the toughest game that England have had so far, um, I think again Spain probably just a better you know a better team man for man. So that's one thing that you might have to worry about is that you know this that this is an Italy team which are coming into this game having played a, a real high caliber of, of opponent. whereas England have maybe you know I mean Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic you know no no hard feelings to to those, but you know they're not on the same plane as the likes of. Um, you know, Spain and a Belgium and an Italy. So um, I, I still, it, it's a bold prediction, but I still don't see England losing this, uh, a game at this tournament, you know, still not a goal conceded in open play, which is, you know, obscene for a tournament. So I think it's, it, it, it's going to be an interesting one. I just, I, I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Just the, the the spectacle. I want a full 120 minutes and then maybe, maybe penalties, maybe penalties if, if people's hearts can take it.
0: Well, the grin was cracking across Matt's face when you said you don't see England losing at this tournament. But, but penalties, I've got a little stat on penalties that no side in the in the Euros and Euros history has won two shootouts in, in one tournament. So Italy did do it in the quarterfinals, sorry, semifinals against Spain. So maybe, but I, I wouldn't like to see that, Matt. But it, it, it's all right, isn't it? It's a well and good sort of feeling confidence within yourself. It's when you start hearing other people saying we're going to do it that the nerves, the nerves crank up.
2: But Joe, but Joe said we're going to do it, but it could go to extra time and penalties, which is a really terrifying way of doing it. So, and I actually agree with with what Joe says. I I think in England, uh, it's hard to score goals against England. It's it's hard to score goals against Italy. So this is this is heading one way, isn't it? It's it, it probably will go the distance. I don't think it'll be a classic. I think England will have most of the ball and and will be looking for ways to to break Italy down and then be on on the, very wary of Italy's extremely quick counter attack. That's probably going to how the game goes, but I, th- I think it's going to be a stodgy one. And I think a game with such high stakes often is the case. It goes the distance, and then and then it's a case of who it's a case of fitness, and mental strength, and you know, composure if it does if it does come to penalties. But I, I really do feel that every scenario will have been prepared for when it comes to this England team. They're so diligent, Southgate, in his preparation. Every base will be covered, there'll be a plan for if we concede. If we concede early, if we score, if we score early, if if it goes for extra time, who, who will come in, how the system might adapt. So there'll be a plan for everything and, and, and I know for a fact that the penalty preparation will have been vast. So I do have full confidence in it. That stat that you mentioned, Guy, is a strange one because you would think if a team had already gone through a penalty shootout, they might feel a bit more comfortable going through it again, um, having experienced that pressure and, and had a positive result. So it's, a very, it's an interesting one, that, but... England will be prepared for every scenario, and uh, we'll, we just got to see. We just got to see how it plays out. But the thought of uh, watching England in a penalty shootout in a final of a major tournament is is really really scary, and that's where mental strength comes into it. So let's see, eh.
0: Yeah, let's, let's certainly see. I think one of the, the most crucial parts of this, this game, Joe, is going to be the squad depth. And I think we can see with the fact that these two sides are in the final that these are probably the two deepest squads in the tournament. Mancini's been happy to rotate his squad as to his, his Gareth Southgate. And if we are expecting a tight cagey affair, then there really is obviously five players coming off the bench in, in the 90, another one in extra time there is really going to be opportunity from anyone in the squad to step up and be the hero
1: Yeah I think that was the big difference um, between England and Denmark in the semi-final was just the, there was the squad depth you know the, the players I think I mean there was also the, the 10,000 mile journey or whatever round trip it was that Denmark had to do from Baku but you know they they after it passed the hour mark they got really leggy um, they took off, was it Dolberg and Damsgaard, and and they kind of, they, they tailed off a lot. I don't think they had a shot after that, the hour mark. So um, I think that having that squad depth, knowing that you've got the likes of Phil Foden, Marcus Rashford, Bakayo Saka, Jaden Sancho in reserve, and that's that's in, that's in reserve. You know, those options out wide are better than most teams have had at this tournament. Um so knowing that you've got that in reserve, that's obviously a massive boost. It's not only, you know, a, a boost on the pitch, but it's a mental boost. You know, if you're Gareth Southgate, you can bring on, um, a, you know, a potentially world-beating player uh, to, to change something. Um, in terms of squad depth as well, I mean, you know, say there's, God forbid, you know, say there's an injury to somebody like Maguire or Stones at the back, I think you can trust in someone like Tyrone Mings, who's shown that in the warm-up games that he's, you know, he's very much, uh, you know, up to speed with with how Southgate wants to play, um, you know he's very abrasive, he's very rigorous. I think that type of approach will be very important uh, at set pieces um, in this game because Italy have been very good at that, um, and they've been really diligent with how, and really really quite quite clever with how they've they've executed their set pieces. Um, but in terms of squad depth, yeah, both teams very 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 well stacked, um, and it's yeah it, it it does make you think, you know what could Potentially, you know, substitutions could potentially change this tie if it's nil nil 75 minutes. And like against Denmark, England have still got four or five subs to, to make. You know, that's that's something where you can be like, okay, now it's we think it's going to go to extra time, put Jack Grealish on for, for 45 minutes effectively if it goes to extra time. And, you know, that's that's a potentially game changing sub. Uh, it's the same with Italy. You know, they've they've started with Domenico Berardi on the right. Um, for most of this tournament but they can bring somebody like Federico Chiesa on you know he is a game changer he is an absolute weapon when it comes to to facing down full backs with tired legs so it's yeah it, it could come down to the substitutions it could be a, a Del Piero type uh, substitution at the, uh, the, the Westfalen stadion in, in 2006.
0: Yeah I hope it's not uh, I really hope <laughs> it's not Yesterday we spoke a, a, an awful lot. Well, we did the whole podcast talking about Gareth South getting the job. He's done with England. Let's talk about Roberto Mancini because, of course, it, it was it was a while back. Now, of course, he was here in the Premier League. What eight years ago he left Manchester City after losing the FA Cup final to to Wigan Athletic. But he's a, he's a manager who I think for a lot of people, Matt, had probably slipped off the radar, and he's he's come back in in this tournament, and I think everyone's immediately remembered and recognised, he's a world-class operator.
2: Definitely, yeah. His, his stock was down a couple of years ago and, and he's, he's gone to Italy really and quietly rebuilt that. Um, and he's been given the time to do that. Um, and perhaps international management suits him. Um, I do think he will come back into club management and I do think there'll always be a big role there for him in the Premier League and, and this tournament will have done him Massive favours in, in that respect. But he's, he's just hugely experienced and he, re- he really does know the English game quite well. And he, for an Italian, has a calm manner f- about him. Um, and I think the, the players really respect that and, and listen to that. And he's he's been there and done that. And I, I, one of the interesting things I thought was his uh, keenness to try and get minutes for every single member of his squad. To the point where he's bringing on his his backup keepers with a, with a few minutes to go of, of of you know dead rubber games for them in the group stages that shows that he really values the 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 core group. Southgate has been the same, you know. After the Ukraine game, he was he was talking at length about players like Connor Cody and, and Tyrone Mings and the beneficial effects they'd had on the dressing room and the the team talks they'd done. And Cody, I think, is a member of the leadership group. In England, it's the same with with Italy. Very clever from Mancini to to do that to promise his players, "I will try and get you minutes in this tournament." Because at Italian ninety, he was in the squad and and didn't get any minutes on the pitch, and that's obviously stayed with him. So so when he speaks to his squad players, who are very important, he can he can say, "Look, I know how it feels to be at a tournament and not necessarily starting every game and being an, an integral cog." But in the modern game you know, it's 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 all about the it's all about the core group and and, and it, even more so than ever that is that the case. And I think Southgate and, and Mancini have used that to great effect. Um, just the, the the spirit that both sides have is clearly there. And in a game of this where the stakes are this high, it's those little tiny margins, you know, the the the, the banter that Kiolini's having with Jordi Alba as they do the coin toss did that have an effect? Did the other players even know about it? Maybe, maybe not. But it just—it just might have sparked something, and it—it—a it, little incident like that could be enough to to spark a moment in this game that wins it.
0: Yeah, he's shrewd as well, Manchini, and I, I like how even when he was at Man City, he, he sort of brought in David Platt, didn't he, to work alongside him, somebody who he'd played with and but he knew would know sort of the role in which he he was taking on and and with Italy he's got his old pal Gianluca Vialli there obviously Gareth Southgate's done likewise he's brought Chris Powell into the the fold with England but he does sort of seem to be shrewd and canny and knowing sort of just these these little touches as Matt was saying there Joe that they are those marginal gains aren't they that kind of help in in whatever way
1: I mean, it's in any walk of life, isn't it? If you're working with somebody who you trust and you you feel as though you get along with, it's going to be a lot easier to to collaborate, isn't it? And I think that that pervades into football as well. I mean... Mancini and Vialli have got this long-running relationship, haven't they? I mean, they've played together, they've worked together. It's something which clearly has, you know, they have some synergy between them. Uh, and that, that goes onto the pitch because clearly the it- Italy players respect the coaching staff and not just because they're the snappiest dressers, um, but also because, you know, clearly they know what they're doing. Um, they, they, I mean, I, I, I look at sort of Mancini's statistics for Italy. I think he's managed... 30-odd games, he's lost two, scored something like 90 goals, or his team has scored something like 90 goals and conceded uh, something in the teens. So, I mean, this is a team which are very good going forward, very good at the back, and simply always have uh, a solution. And I I like, I mean, you mentioned how he's shrewd, how he's a little bit unmoved, and I quite like how he's unmoved with his goal celebrations. You know, you'll have a little little celebration, then it's very much back to business, um, which... I think sometimes you've got to let yourself go and enjoy it. But I mean, I mean as, as Ketch was saying, when the stakes are this high, you know, you can't, you can't go and let yourself get too emotive and, and give anything away. But I think, yeah, Mancini and his backroom staff are really, um, they're, they're really something. Um, there's, there's, one, um, there's one member, Gianni Vio, who's, uh, who there was a fantastic piece about him, uh, about his set piece expertise. He has something like 4,000 routines, which, I mean, is absolutely obscene. Um, to, to have that many set piece routines. I can probably think of like 10 to 15 off the top of my head. And then I'm really sort of scraping the barrel. Um but yeah, Italy have, you know, they've scored a few goals from those situations at this tournament. And you think, well, yeah, he's kind of assembled the best of the best of the Italian speaking coaches um to 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 lead to lead their country in into battle. And obviously it's it's paid dividends over the past 30 games or so. And this is kind of a, a culmination of this long you know, it's it, it's a long con essentially, but without the the con, it's um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a project, and they, they've they've reached the, the the pinnacle of it now, and yeah, you, you'd hope that well, not not you'd hope they'd hope that uh, that they can probably see it through, especially for the for the for the older guys, you know, the the Chiellini's and Bonucci's who's you know, it'll probably be their last last tournament, and you have got to think what what effect is that going to have on on the, on the squad dynamic going into this final as well.
0: Yeah, they've got Gianluca Vialli, a great goal scorer of the '90s. We've got Graham Jones, but in his own right, a great goal scorer of the '90s as oh, well. Yeah. But you uh, exactly thought I'd give him a mention there for you, Matt. But yeah, um, yeah, North <laughs> Shields legend. In terms of in terms of Italy, and I suppose looking at the the styles that both sides have as well, like. We're saying it could be a cagey affair and a tight affair. But for me, the two sides who go about it in very different ways, England very much are a tournament side. It's a different game plan for each game to get through. Whereas Italy, for me, Matt, they're they're the most club-like side at the Euros. They they play the same way all the time. It's the same patterns that they're going through. And obviously, it's a, a cohesion that they've worked up to a point now where they've kind of mastered the art.
2: Yeah. They're very adaptable as well. I think during the Spain game they, they, they kind of realized hmm, we're not going to get very much of the ball here. And they adapted to that and, and they were, they were better than Spain without the ball and, and that was that was quite impressive. They will see themselves as the underdog, I think. I think they'll play that card and I think they'll 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 say, Oh, you know, it's at Wembley, the crowd are gonna be massively English and that is an advantage. Definitely, is an advantage. England are so comfortable at that stadium, and it's going to be, it's going to be. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. Um, and and the, one of the key things I think where this game might be won or lost is Italy are the kings of gamesmanship. So if you know they need the, the clock to run down, or if they need the clock to speed up, they know how to do that. And in England, need to keep their composure and not lose patience with Italy because. Italy will be going down, they'll be winning free kicks, they'll be off the ball stuff. And I I just think the captain will be, be
0: punching the captain in the face think, at the contest exactly, for the penalties. It, it, yeah.
2: <laughs> but but they really are, aren't they? I mean he he's he like he's having a laugh with, with Jordi Alba, but the reality is he would he you know he would absolutely snap him if he if he if he got half a sniff of the ball and, and it's the same <laughs> for, for Harry Kane. And, and, and Chiellini is a real student of the game and apparently does a lot of research into his opponents and you'll know Harry Kane, you'll know what Harry Kane doesn't like, you'll know that Harry Kane likes to jump and lead with his back and lead with his arms and Chiellini will adapt to that, so the gamesmanship is going to be so annoying as an England fan, because I know it's going to come into play, even Donnarumma has been doing it, you know, going down and and when goalkeepers go down, the whole thing has to stop. And I just think there's going to be a real element of frustration. I think it's going to be a stodgy, cagey game. If Italy take the lead, it will be agony. There will be so much added time in this game. You won't believe it. And England need to be prepared for that. And they need to not lose patience. We can't can't be getting you know yellow cards and, and red cards in this game because it's so close that, that that could tip it in the favour of, of Italy. So that that could be where it, where it uh, is won or lost.
0: Yeah, expect plenty of blank housery. Yeah. We're uh, we know we know <laughs> I what's didn't want to coming. Say yeah, <laughs> we know we know oh, we know what's coming. We know what's coming. Um Joe, tell us about a bit about the the, the Italian midfield dynamic before we go. You mentioned sort of three players earlier, who, for me, are the three Italian players who I didn't know much about coming into this tournament, but have really jumped out. But Locatelli, through the knockout stages, has had to really contend with a place on the bench, but was brilliant in the group phase. Barella, who's just grown and grown into the tournament, a brilliant goal against Belgium. And Chiesa's is like a secret weapon up the sleeve that sometimes he's starting and other times he's not, but he's played twice at Wembley and he's got two brilliant goals.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably sacrilege to be saying this uh, on the eve of a, a, an England final, considering that the, the midfield has been so balanced and so so effective with Rice, Phillips, and Mount. But I think Italy's—if you're playing a three-man midfield in the formation that they do—I think it's probably the most balanced um, that you could that you could possibly get with you know Verratti, uh, Barella, and Jorginho. You know, you've got three very you know, distinguished profiles there in in terms of your midfield Uh, and they all complement each other really well. Um, I think the option to have Locatelli uh, obviously did very well in those first two group games. Um, and because of uh, Verratti's injury, I think it was, um, you know, having that option f- to, to bring him on, maybe to add a little bit more legs in, in, in the middle uh, if you needed it, um, you know, playing the balls into the final third. That's what Locatelli is all about. Um, he's got very good distribution. He's got a very good engine. Um, Barella as well. I mean, he's he's arguably one of the best two way midfielders in the world. You know, he can he can attack. He can support. Um, the, the Italian attack, but he can also come back and he can defend. You know, he'll be, he's one of those players where, you know, he covers every blade of grass. You know, he's everywhere on the pitch. Um, it's, he's just, he's, you know, if you're playing against him, he is simply a nuisance because he's going everywhere at hundred miles an hour. Um, and then, of course, you know the the Chiesa, he, he, He's a secret weapon. He he can be he can be a missile. And I think one of the things about him is that you know he's he's really matured and, and grown into this role in the past year or so. Uh, I think you know when he was at Fiorentina, um, a lot of the time it was very much you know what I'm going to do it myself. I, I'm better than all of you. I'm going to do it myself. And to his credit, he wasn't wrong. But it did you know it, it led to a, a number of occasions where he would be shooting from from silly silly areas um now with at juve when you know he's, he's playing with uh, other players who perhaps are a little bit better than him cristiano ronaldo perhaps um you know he's he's maybe turned into a bit more of a provider than than a than a shoot first kind of guy um but i mean we've seen his technical ability uh his ability on the on the counter um that's it's it's frightening because you know he he, he's he's very much a, a player who's just going to try and swat away any challenge. If you're trying to catch him, he's gonna he's just going to try and bat you away. Um, and then I think it was the goal against Austria. He scored where he, he takes it down, has that just that one touch, and then lashes it in. I think that's just fantastic play. Um, he I, I think you, you try and second guess Mancini. You don't know who he's going to start with, but if he does start with Berardi, and then Chiesa is an option to bring off the bench. That is a that is a game changing sub potentially Um, because he just does add so much. I mean he's he's got the he's got the the fratelli d'Italia sort of mentality coming onto the pitch. You know you you imagine it sort of ringing in his ears. He takes his AirPods out right before the before he comes on. You you, you think because um, he comes on at 100 miles an hour and yeah he's 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 a genuine game changer I think and and one that. Yeah, Luke Shaw probably will have his work cut out. I'm not saying that Shaw will will, will not fare well against him. I think he probably will because Shaw's been very good. Um, but it's it's one way. He's, he's definitely a player you do not want to come up against in a major final when so much is on the line
0: yeah we'll have to wait and see how it does all play out well that's all we've time for on today's edition here of the euro digest we are just one day of course away from the euro 2020 final at Wembley As England take on Italy England of course looking to win the euros for the very first time but from myself Guy Clark Matt Ketchell, and Joe Donahue, thanks for your time and your company it's bye for now